is a super interesting day because both you and I are almost on the road, but not on the road. You are physically on the road. I am in a house that is boxes that is it's like it's like I don't even know what's happening in my life anymore. Everything is in a box. Everything's moving. I have no microphones. I have no anything. Like what is happening? I'm so confused. So what are you using the uh, the built-in microphone as well? Whenever you hear Danny on a built-in mic, you know he's on the road. So we'll get to me in a second, but what about you? What what's your setup then right now? So I got pretty lucky. So last night we I was like I'm going to start moving some things around. I'm going to move um, just some bits and pieces here and there. And uh, what happened is that I'm normally on a super nice microphone, spent a lot of money on that. So we can get that yep. perfect audio for our listeners. Yep. Crisp and, and clean. To, crisp and clean. And today I've been using my built in microphone. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm going to I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be built in audio guy for a podcast. And then H-Town to the rescue because she's a podcaster too over at Trinspo and she had her beautiful blue Nessie microphone sitting over there. And um, while it's not the same caliber, it's it's a very nice microphone. So I think I probably sound okay. Maybe a little tinny. I got to investigate a little bit. You always sound better than me, but that's, um, you know, that's another issue, but I, I would bet that you sound better than, than my sound today. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it isn't exactly the same. It's it, maybe it's a little tinny. So I thought there maybe was a chance it was a built-in mic. It's not your normal, mm. like James is in my ear whispering Shia LaBeouf. So you're not whispering Shia LaBeouf, but, um, but you're close to, you're as close to Shia as a last second ad hoc, you know, audible decision can be. So good for you. Yeah. I had to go. I just needed to grab it. Yeah. Heather said she sounds she was telling she was telling me like on this microphone, which has been my go to microphone. She said she sounds a little um, nasally, a little stuffy, a little stuffy. Uh, so if I do sound that way, I apologize to all of our listeners. Next week, and I should she be back. Said, she said, I just said she said I sound nasally. And you said, no, that's just your voice. No, that's and not. Then, I said, and- I said, that cannot be correct. There must be something wrong with the microphone because that is not how you sound. I'm kidding. Scored I'm a few points. It's like when someone says like. Is it, is it, you know, does this, do these pants make my butt look big? And they're like, no, Danny, your butt's just big. So your butt you know, is just ginormous. It's just, Danny. it's just ginormous. So deal with it. But anyway, well, yeah. So I'm, um, I'm not fully recovered yet from what was bronchitis last week that morphed into pneumonia, by the way. So I've been Ooh. living this week with walking pneumonia. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, which I learned was a thing because I was like, like pneumonia is what pneumonia is what people like that. What? What? Like, I don't have pneumonia. Right. And yeah. the bronchitis that was really painful. I, I went to the doctor eventually and, you know, they they heard enough kind of liquid fluid, which is really just kind of mucus. And yeah, so I, I haven't been running a super high fever, which is why they said it's, you know, it's a mild infection. They call it walking pneumonia, which I was like, does this mean I get to be on walking dead? Like, is that <laughs> like, is that my guest appearance coming up? turns out, no, uh, maybe, maybe fear the walking dead, you know, mm. this, the, the spinoff is not totally ruled out yet, but walking dead is out. Um, but, uh, anyway, so I've been on this antibiotic and I've been dealing with that since the bronchitis and the pneumonia. And it's just been, gosh, like such a weird summer, a summer cold that I basically talked into my lungs with all the commentary I was doing and then, and then bronchitis and then pneumonia and, 
And uh, right now, to answer the mystery that everyone's wondering, where in the world is, is Danny San Diego? Um, where in the I world is Danny, Danny San, Diego. San Diego? Right. I'm in. Um, I'm using this built-in mic as something that anybody who follows uh, the, those of our listeners who are chess.com users or chess fans and wondering it's kind of a cool it was it was a bit of a last minute sort of meetup uh, me and eric and dallin who's our head of product um eric obviously being our ceo but really eric is eric is loves living in in the product realm of of pushing forward our new features we've we're really getting close on a couple of our biggest what are, are going to be maybe our two biggest releases we've had in a really long time. One completely new feature that we've been building from the ground up. I think it's been about 18 months now. Um, and then one kind of significant improvement to our most used feature, which is puzzles, uh, tactics, right? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we've really, really decided that there's a chance we might reach the deadline of getting it out by the world championship some point, some point in November when, you know, chess interest is peaking and then obviously a lot of people playing um, you know, numbers online tend to be higher in the winter months for a lot of different web web companies, you know, um, mm -hmm. summer people are out. I don't know what they're doing, but apparently they're enjoying this thing called nice weather and sunlight, right? <laughs> they're enjoying but in the winter. Life. You know? So, um, so I, I can't reveal anymore. And we know that Danny is normally revealing too much, but I, it, and I don't even, it's still going to be like a mad rush, but we're super excited about the possibility. And so, we kind of brought some people together to really get in person and kind of bang out some, some of the flesh out the details and, and some of the, you know, both the, the, the flow and, and how we want the chess to work with the, with everything that goes into building kind of a cool new chess learning tool. So yeah, pretty excited about that. Cool. So that's why I'm in park city. I am in park city, Utah right now, outside of sorry, Salt Lake city, you know, the ski resort where Sundance film festival is. Also, also where um, they visited on this year's Bachelorette. So oh, right, I, it, that okay. I knew that as well. Obviously, I knew that. Mm -hmm. I was just testing you. You passed F F plus. Everybody. Um, so so on the season, uh, Becca's like, okay, we got room. Real excited. We're going on a big trip. Like all the guys are excited and like, oh, where are we going? And she's like, we're going to Park City. And everyone's like, whoa! And we're like in the audience, aka like at our house on our couch. We're like. What? Cool. Park City. <laughs> I mean, no, no shade, Park City. I do like Park City's great. Salt Lake, great. Go down to Moab. That's pretty sweet. Um, right. Zion, you know, Utah's got it going on. Um, but yeah, it was so funny. I was like, we're going to Park City. And they yeah. didn't like do anything. They stayed in a resort. And you're like, cool. Right. Cool. That's great. The uh, we have a pretty cool Airbnb. The view's nice. Um, and um, you know, we've been here for three days. I'm actually flying home tonight. My flight leaves Salt Lake City at 9.30 p.m. Um, and uh, actually, I think I'm on a 10.05. I, I need to check in. I'm not good at checking in places. Um, anyway, but that's, that's what's been the world of my week is recovering from pneumonia and, uh, and helping to push forward our, um, some, some potentially really cool stuff that we're excited about so um i like that I you're it. taking it you're you're owning it you're going for it i mean you know luckily salt lake city is not very far from 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 phoenix in arizona so you, at least you, mean, you have to drive pretty far to get to the airport but then right. once you're there you're yep. kind of good to go um 
Yep. Yeah, it's probably really nice right now in Seattle. We talked about last week, Smog City. It's it's actually we Seattle we ranked as the worst air quality in the entire world. Um, I was last year. You know what's funny is there's also a lot week? of smog here in Utah from California as well. Oh, really? Yep. Um, it made it's made its way all the way over here too. Based on I don't know how the wind cycles work, but apparently there's wind you know coming down in off the northeastern western um, direction. So. Again, our our hearts go out to anyone that you know up in Canada, down in you know uh, California, anywhere that is going through that stuff. It, it's rough. Um, and for anyone that's experiencing just the air quality, not being able to go outside, I was outside cycling today. It was not good for my lungs, but I I, I, I powered through uh, because I like to cycle. So what can I say? Um, but yeah, no, I, I I agree. There's there's a it's it's kind of crazy. I'm glad that you're out there crushing it. I would say that I'm crushing some boxes. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm in the middle of a crazy move. I, we have, you know, 20, 30 boxes. Like ideally we don't have that much in our lives, like, which is good because it's Mm -hmm. good to have less, you know, you just accumulate stuff. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. I, I wish my wife ever listened to our podcast so she could hear that. So. I'm a big fan of this thing I call purging, not like the movie per the purge, right. but no. purging things that I own. So Yo. I, I have my closet full of clothes. So, um, on sa- Sunday I go time to purge and I just went through and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Not that they don't fit me. Not that I'm like, I haven't worn this shirt in a year. Why do I have it? Just donate, 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 donate. Right. And I have big boxes going to Goodwill. We're dropping them off tonight, uh, which is really great. Um, and it feels good because, you know, as someone that, you know, um, can accumulate stuff or, you know, uh, giving back, even if it's just donating goods, it's like, oh, no, here's a salad spinner. Here's this, you know, here's some bunch of clothes. It's really good. It's good to give back and, and, and make sure that, you know, you're not just throwing, I'm not just throwing stuff away. I think, you know, oh, totally. H, no, I- H diggity was like, oh no, you're going to purge. Gonna, James is going to just throw everything. Right. I'm like, no, I'm all about donating, like donate it. But my oh, favorite totally, thing this yeah. week. My favorite thing this week, Danny, is is this. Um, so I, James Montemagno, went and I'm moving. So I had to go get barricades. In the, in, the, in the city of Seattle, you have to buy a barricade or rent a barricade from a company, uh, National Barricade here in Seattle. I give you props. It's a, it's a, thri- it's a thriving thriving market, barricade It rentals. is a thriving, thriving market. Unofficial barricade sponsor of coffee house blunders uh-huh. national barricade barricade.com <laughs> um i went and i had to go pick up four no parking temporary signs and i just now have sent you a beautiful image so i pull up to national barricade and i don't want to stereotype um all of the people that are working there but it's kind of like construction crew mm-hmm. you know guys and gals you know they're in construction gear and i pull up in my tiny itty bitty smart car (laughs) and they're like what are you moving like uh an anthill like what's going on with this like what could you fit inside that thing (laughs) they're like um is watch showing up what's going on ant-man yeah and uh uh, and I was like, well, it's a battle because it's Ant-Man versus the Wasp. Um, so, <laughs> so these signs, it, it, it's a, it's quite a miracle. So the first guy comes up and he's like, he's like shaking his head laughing and he's like, he looks in the back. He's like, oh, there's actually a lot more room than I thought. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. that's right. I'm like, you're like, hmm. yeah, yeah. Now don't be, don't be fronting. Right. Don't be stepping. Yeah, don't be hating. What's up? Right. Uh, so, so, so all the other guys come out and they're, they're laughing. They're carrying these signs. So I go through my doors. I put down the top, right? Top down. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can um, see. These are, 
These are pretty big signs. And I go inside. So I bring it through the door up over top through and slide it into the back. And it is a silky smooth, perfect fit. It is like, like a glove. Um, so beautiful that it goes in there and we fit like three of the four. So four cannot fit, but three fit just because there's a, a roll cage bar in there. Right. Um, and like they basically remember how I told you we Tetris at Costco and I got a round of applause from a lady. Right. Right. Um, we got a, I got a round of applause for my little smart car, um, from the construction workers. They were, they were impressed. So like, you don't need four, three, three is fine. You're good. And, yeah. uh, um, and then I was like rolling down the highway. I was like, yeah, check me out with my no parking That's signs. Right. Um, I, I just love it. It's a little confusing so. to see a car driving at you that has a no parking sign in it, like, especially from this angle, but it is anyway, that's awesome. And, uh, pretty funny. The no parking thing reminds me of, and the fact that you do that reminds me of people that actually use no parking or like they use cones, even when they don't have a right to use them. Have you ever met? Yeah. Have you ever met the, this very rare breed of human being that basically steals orange construction cones, so that when they leave, they put an orange construction cone in a parking spot that they value? And what's funny is, like nobody parks there if there's a cone there. They just yeah. they just see it and they don't park there. And most human beings are not as devious as them, so they would never think of just. Well, somebody, you know, I'm just going to move this cone and park there, right? Because you're worried. Like, is it worth the risk? You don't want to get towed. Like, maybe it's fresh paint. Well, you, in that moment, you never do it. But there, I will. I will not name who these people are. But I'm not this making this up. This is a real story. Something straight out of Seinfeld. Uh, New York friends of mine who um, had driven to Chicago for the Chicago Open when we were younger. Um, actually brought cones with them from New York. This is a thing they do. And they said they never do this in New York because nobody in New York would put up with that bleep, right? <laughs> they would just move the cone and park there because like New York is like, no one's going to do that, right? Get over here. Yo, forget about it over there, right? But in Chicago, they could get away with it because even a big city like Chicago, just the Midwest, they're just that much like unassuming that much more unassuming and kind to be like oh well clearly i can't take this spot because there's an orange cone there and mm -hmm. uh, and they did this and at the time okay i was like 14 or 15 like i i was i was like i thought this was the greatest thing ever right because i'm a teenager and i'm like this is awesome like every time we come back into the hotel parking structure our spot right up front is not taken this is amazing. It's a genius. It's completely it's illegal genius. and like so unethical, but we did it. And then I later reflected on that and was like, God, like what kind of, these were parents of a peer of mine who were from New York, a parents of a kid who was my age. And I was like, why were they doing that? Like, that's just like not right. Right. And it's kind of funny. I actually think they were, I actually really loved them and enjoyed them. And like I said, I'm not going to go into who they were like, but it was just that, that New York sort of attitude to do that it, in hindsight was like, it's like someone who would put a no parking sign looking at your little thing here. Even if people are allowed to park there, you would just do this to ensure that you always had a parking spot or something like that. So so maybe consider that. Maybe consider stealing these signs and never giving them back. Um, just everywhere I go is, is no parking except for me. Isn't that, that's a real story, dude. I swear to God. Right out of Seinfeld. Like they did that for a whole week. Well, you always... Yeah, I always see I am always tempted to to investigate when I see additional cones, especially a cone, mm -hmm. like because it, like often like there's a cone here, like in a parking spot. And you're like, hmm, 
why is this cone here? I feel like this cone shouldn't be here. And I feel like someone's messing with me right now. And usually I think, I think they are, but again, we're just good human beings. So we're like, I'm not going to run over this cone and just, just destroy it. But I want to, I I basically want to, I want to make it happen. And I think about, I'm like, gosh, like, like maybe there's just more people, you know, this special breed of people that is doing this to the rest of us looking for parking spots. They're taking our, they're, they're, you know, they're abusing the system of free parking, you know? Um, anyway, so that's our parking, that's our parking podcast. Uh, abusing the system of free parking, you know, freedom of freedom of parking. But, uh, no, I, uh, I joked earlier. Yeah. About with the move of, of whenever you're moving anyway, you want to, you kind of want to ask, like, does this really need to come with me? I think it's natural to want to do the purge and, and, and be like, Hey, this could be donated. This could be donated. And I, I threw my wife under the bus, but the truth is she's actually really good at, um, when it comes to the kids stuff, especially being like, she just knows like Warner doesn't play with this anymore. Nash doesn't use this anymore. Like this is, you know, and so we're always good about regularly donating our kids toys and things that are always in good condition. I think, um, the issue I have with storage or the issue I, the reason I threw my wife under the bus, because it was a Freudian slip, right? There's truth in every jest. So let's, let's have Danny once again, share his, his demons on this podcast. So here's the issue I have. You ready for this? I'm ready. Storage, storage itself, like storage facilities don't really make sense to me in, in our brain. I think it's like something we inherited from generations of other people who were mentally ill. And here's what I'm here. Here's my theory on this. Like basically once you use something and it's like, it, it served its purpose and it was great. Like the process of recognizing, like I no longer need this and I'm no longer going to use it. It's now in the way, but the inability to sort of let it go, right. To let go and part with it is a real problem in our society. Because like with my wife, like we pay for a storage facility and we've had so much stuff there, like Nash's first crib and different stuff. And you know what we finally just did? She was finally like, you know what? Like, we're we're never going to use this. And it's like a $700, like super nice real wood crib, like some other woman having a baby. They don't even make these things anymore, right? We were giving yeah, it to us. Yeah. And like, and so it's hard because on the one hand, I, I could argue, I guess, against myself and say the one singular purpose is if you have these, these if they're memorables and there's the potential that they would be passed on to your kids in a real way, in a meaningful way, I can understand that. But the issue is that normally what people end up doing is they recognize all the stuff they're not going to use, can't part with it. So they pay for a new building to essentially store all this stuff. Eventually they're like, I got to save this. I got to save this. Now I got to move this to this new four storage facility and pay more because the stuff has gotten bigger. Right. And then eventually when your kids are having kids, whatever, like they want to do their own life because they're their own people and they have their wife. And guess what your wife, guess what, Guess what Nash's wife is, is going to have if, if he ever gets married? She's probably going to have her own stuff that her mom really wants her to use, right? Like it's just not – and so – and that was kind of what Shauna realizes. And and so I think it's like a mentally – it's just like something we do in our society that we basically pay for more ability to keep things that we're just unwilling to part with. And I really think yeah, that we should, we should move away from this. And you know what it would do? It would, it would save resources. You could stop buying stuff from Ikea and you could get more real furniture from people <laughs> that they're probably paying an arm and a leg right now to keep in a storage facility because someday, someday they're going to use that wood dresser. Someday. Yeah. No, they're not. Someday, someday. It's a, it's a true statement. I, 
I went downstairs. Well, and then you also have to think about the the trade off because I I am a believer of purge, but again, I am I am guilty. Like Heather and I, we definitely go through our when we were moving. It was it was hard because I'm like I'm going to throw away this salad spinner. She's like, but you love salad. I was like, I haven't used a salad spinner in a year. I just buy chopped salad. You know, um, <laughs> it's just my life has changed. Or like. I bought this one cooking thing. This one, I'm like, just let's get rid of it. Like, we need to get rid of some wine glasses. We have 18 wine glasses. We don't drink that much wine. We don't like. We don't need 25 coffee mugs because there's two of us in a house. <laughs> it is unnecessary to have 25 sorry, coffee this is mugs. So great. It Keep is, going. Yeah, it's very true. So we, I, I said, I'm, I'm said, I'm going to the one. Thing, so I went through all the coffee mugs. I said, keep a put. Here's a keep. Here's a keep pile. You can put things in the keep pile. I'm not going to limit your keep pile, but understand that we're moving into a place that has less storage. So we need to bring less of it. I go, if you need it, then we can bring it right. Like, that's fine. So we, we did, we donated a lot of the, those goods, but my favorite was we went through the Pyrex. So we, we were big believers of Pyrex and we have a crap ton of Pyrex, so much Pyrex. We have like 25 Pyrex bowls, like glass bowls to store goods in. When you're cooking, that's, that's way too much Pyrex. It's too much Pyrex. And I go, Heather, we have too much Pyrex. And she goes to me, she goes, you can never have too much Pyrex. I, I, I was just going to say, that's a trick question. And you uh, just failed. I failed. So. And I go, um, I go, okay. So I go, all right. So, so I'm like, everything has a lid. That's pretty amazing to begin with. And mm-hmm. I go, um, I go, all right, if you want all the Pyrex, we'll bring all the Pyrex. I go, but I would like to not keep these two pyrexes she's like but what about we if we put pizza in there and i go i because they're like square pyrexes not bull pyrex i'm like we're not no just let's get rid of it donate and then i go my favorite quote was i don't want to throw heather under the bus because then i'm about to throw myself under the bus so like here's preemptive throwing people under the bus as i go okay there's <laughs> i've already one. thrown my wife under the bus so that's all right but yeah. i go there's this one pyrex heather that doesn't have a lid we should donate that she's like but what but there's a possibility that we could use a different lid for that one. Like, and what if, what if we, she goes, what if we what break happens to the other one that needs that lid then? Yeah. She goes, well, what if one of them breaks? And I go, well, then we throw away the other lid. We don't need 25 Pyrex. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all the Pyrex came so to the new great. house. All the Pyrex came. It, um, but, I, I hear you. So here's uh, me throwing myself under the bus because you're right. Um, when I moved, when we moved in together, I had a, cornucopia of old video games and old things that I had in right. storage. Um, I had old NESs and these are things that are sentimental to me that I grew up with. Um, and I said, you know what? I have no room in our place that I could put it because our closets are smaller compared to where I lived before. And I, and I actually had a storage unit for free before. So they were down there. And um, um, in our new place, you have to pay for storage units, $45 a month, which is very expensive. Um, and I go, well, I, I want this stuff and I have nowhere to put it. So I paid for two years, right? So for 20, it was two and a, almost two and to 27 months. So what's that calculator? Two, I'm gonna two, open up two cal- years and three months. Yeah. So 27 times 40, it was $45. I paid $1,200 to store a bunch of video games and other things in a trash can, like in, in a trash can and. And, um, we also have, um, a luggage, supersized luggage that we never use, haven't used in two and a half years in the basement. And so I think about it, like 
I could have just sold, like, I didn't play those video games. I'm not going to do anything with those video games. Like they're sentimental, right? That's the problem is they're sentimental. Like, oh, I'll never be able to find these things. I'll never be able to do this. I'm going to never play them again. Like I'm literally never going to play them again. Right. right. And not only that, like it's, it's a, it's a hard thing. Cause I, I totally understand and relate. And obviously there are some things there that are sentimental to me. There's some stuff like from my mom and right now, you know, that's like more recent cause she just recently passed. And then there's stuff from our wedding. Right. The stuff from mine and Shauna's wedding, um, there's first baby things like Shauna was keeping their first haircut. And I was like, that's disgusting. But to each his own, you do what you got to do, girl. Right. Put it in a plastic bag and I'm never going to touch it. It's hair. Um, you know what? But I'm, you know, I'm kidding. But there are clearly some things that are like human sentimental. But you know what? Normally, the truth is about all those things. They all fit in like one Tupperware. Hmm. like there it's not like i'm keeping all of my mom's like there was this antique nightstand that i remember my mom had my whole life growing up with her right and i'm like of course i have to keep this nightstand. i'm like no like this is a nightstand that somebody else can use and it's really nice and wood my wife doesn't want it i'm not going to be angry about that like it's time to move on and it's like i've really thought about this like it's a it's it's a it's a it's a condition that probably is part of why we are the most evolved creatures on planet earth as far as we know as far as like our empathy and you know nostalgia is a real thing like the uh, the nostalgia you feel for for wonderful you know uh, experiences you've had and then the empathy you have for like people in your life wants you like inspires you and motivates you to want to hold on to stuff but the truth is so i'm not i'm not advocating against that but i'm saying the truth is most of the stuff in your life that that's really the case for like even a wedding ring all those mm-hmm. things fit in a box. And you know what? You can always have the box with you. I'm talking about the inability to recognize that your life has evolved in your family. And then now you're paying for storage for things like 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 what you just said. You threw yourself under the bus, right? Your life evolved. You were no longer a young guy anymore. And the truth is, like those video games might be used by like another kid, right? Yeah. Like someone mm-hmm. like Nash, some mm-hmm. other 12-year-old in Seattle, right? Somebody, they would be used by another person, right? And that's why, that's why it's a... Um, Anyway, it's just it's just true. It's just something we do. It's our it's our crazy condition. But I do think it's uh, I don't I don't think it's something that was a good inherited practice about our Western Judeo Christian society. My my yeah, rant I, I over agree. rant over rant over. You know what? Now, right. now now that now the episode should be called "Parking for Free Storage." <laughs> parking for free storage or free parking for storage. Mm, I like that. Oh, that's what we could do. We could have a free parking thing for storage, so people don't have to pay for storage anymore. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Um, as I as I move to the one segment of chess that we'll have this week. Oh, great! I want to ask you a question because I'm I'm I did I did a little research about this. The Sinkfield Field Cup is happening currently. Sink Sinkfield. Sinkfield. I'm going to call it Sinkyu Field. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sinkwa Field. Uh, I love it. I love it. And um, so a Car- Carwana crushed it basically and yeah, well no no he, he crushed hikaru nakamura today he has yes. only just joined the leaders but yes yeah so he so that's what i was looking at today is he crushed nakamura let me finish my sentence okay um, i'm sorry geez danny you're like on me today i'm, with so, that I'm sorry you're right this is this it's your show go baby so one thing that i noticed in this picture in the sink field cup is that nakamura is drinking a red bull now, Nakamura could be drinking a Red Bull just because a Red Bull because he had a late night and he needed some energy. I don't know why he wouldn't drink a coffee. That seems like a better, healthier option. He wanted to put a bunch of stuff in his body that is Red Bull. Chemicals. Um, chemicals. Now, the question I have here is 
Is Red Bull an official sponsor of Nakamura? And if not, what is the situation with sponsorship at Over the Board Games? So, great question. Uh, it, Red Bull is a sponsor of Hikaru. Okay. Um, I I know a decent amount about what it is. I could say that he part of the sponsorship without getting into proprietary details is Hikaru pretty much gets an, an, a lifetime unlimited supply of Red Bull, right? Um, he has cases and cases of Red Bull. I've seen the cases. Um, and uh, so part of the idea is that he drinks a Red Bull when he's at the, the chessboard. And there's been theories at times where maybe just to fulfill the obligation, maybe he put water in it. I don't know. But it might have been a healthy idea. <laughs> but that looks yeah. like a pretty cold Red Bull. It looks pretty um, fresh. It looks yeah, pretty fresh. Yeah, you can see the frost on that can. We should link this. Yeah. I'll grab the link here for the uh, – for the peeps, the peeps in our, in our show notes here. But, um, so yes, Hikaru is sponsored. So that's, that makes that cooler, right? Okay. I mean, that's cool. That's cool for chess. And in fact, if you go to, um, just go to Hikaru's Facebook page or even Twitter, I'm pretty sure you'll see, uh, this kind of image of him, like wearing a hat, but that was like a photo shoot for Red Bull. So he, he is, he is a, um, he is a sponsored Red Bull athlete. Um, the state of sponsorships in chess really, the only person who has regular incoming sponsorships is usually Magnus, Carl, Carl Magnuson. Um, but Hikaru, I think, is probably, of all the top players, Hikaru is probably actually the second most um, uh, featured person, if you're talking about players of the highest level that are sponsored by others. Uh, Chess.com obviously has a relationship with Hikaru. In fact, you can see that Hikaru is wearing a black Chess.com wristband if you scroll through other Sinkwiffield reports, mm-hmm. um, you'll see that um, our, our guy on site, Mike, sometimes tries to catch Hikaru making moves with his chess.com wristband in hand. <laughs> Just scroll through some mm-hmm. of the previous reports. Maybe we'll find one for everyone in the show notes. So Hikaru wears a wristband. He also has a pin that he doesn't wear as often as maybe we would like, <laughs> if I'm just being totally honest. But he does wear the wristband and we um, – but uh, but no, I mean, so Hikaru gets gets um Hikaru has a sponsorship deals. Magnus has sponsorship deals. Fabiano had a sponsorship deal, um, and has had others as well that I that I know of that um are you know and even even um those who are in the U.S. who deal closely with uh the the St. Louis Chess Club. I think that there has been you know, it's, it's pretty known that they're doing what they can to support the top players in the U S and their, and their potential pursuit for the world championship, you know, whatever that looks like financially. Um, and, and with other logistical means of support. So, but the truth is, the truth is the state of sponsorship of the world's best chess players is, is terrible, right? I mean, it's not really something that you can really sell to a corporate sponsor from the perspective that, if they actually ask the question and it's not just somebody high up in Red Bull likes chess or somebody in the water company that sponsors Magnus, you know, he sees it as a philanthropic effort, right? If somebody's like, Hey, what are the eyeballs? Where's the viewers? Who am I reaching? What's the demographic? Chess has really suffered in, in delivering on those um, deliverables. Uh, and so it's one of the goals that we have, I think, you know, to really try to create an infrastructure and, and a series of tournaments and, and we talk about chess as an esport, and, and and my goal being to prove that you know the masters of our craft are entertaining enough, and we can create exciting formats enough that would be worthy of people sponsoring. Because hey, we're sponsoring this for purely 
commercialized monetary reasons. And that sounds, you can call it corporate or capitalist, whatever, but the truth is it's something that the chess world has never had. Say what you want, but chess has survived on the philanthropic efforts of new angel angel people from time to time. You know, it, it, right now, Sinkfield is one of those people and there's been others previously, but the truth is, um, you know, chess has not proven itself as something that brings in the viewership that obviously other big sports do, right? Which is where the money, money, the money in advertising and, and, and people always want to pay to get their product out there. So, so, you know, that's one of our bigger goals. That's something that I kind of consider, um, you know, I'm pretty fortunate to try to be in a position to do that. And it's something I feel like I'm working on all the time. And that's why we, you know, but not because I believe that fast chess or this or that is better than other things. And people, you know, I've been called on Reddit, like an evil populist and an evil, oh evil, evil populist for chess or, Danny Wrench or this or chess.com, what are they doing? The truth is, you know, the the numbers and the viewers don't lie as far as the formats that people really like. And my goal is to create a window and an opportunity for those more casually interested and have previously not really been catered to or appreciated as something that the game needs to to, to grow and evolve and eventually, hopefully, have the kind of a structure that um, that warrants big sponsors and people because they actually really want to reach the audience. And Combine that with philanthropic efforts because chess is a cognitively beneficial game and people tend to see it as a as a symbol of high society or strategic thinking, um, then that could be cool. So again, another rant over, but to answer your question with an answer that once again, you probably didn't ask for is that the state of sponsorships for the best chess players is not nearly where I personally hope it to be at the end of my lifetime. And it's not great, but yes, Red Bull is a sponsor of Ikara Nakamura. Nice. That's really cool. It's, it's, it's actually... It's interesting because I there's a there's a trend going on that I've been kind of talking about, which is as the world learn, starts to learn different and and the ways that people watch chess or learn development or listen to podcasts or consume their content is ever changing. Mm-hmm. Sponsors adjust that way too, and I'm definitely seeing it on the development side where there's a lot of people moving towards YouTube tutorials or Twitch streaming live coding. And there's actually people interested in sponsoring that, which I think is so cool because if it, you know, is someone that you actually like, like I'm a big, you know, merge conflict, we get sponsored by a lot of, you know, a lot of sponsors and the dev community, which is great. And, um, it's great because we're a podcast about development. So if there's technology companies that I think our listeners could benefit from, then, you know, I, I, I'm all for that. Um, but I think it's really nice because because to me, what's important about that, what I see is, is if, if chess can move into this world of this sponsorship ring just outside of winning, it's that extra revenue source that keeps the best of the best back in because because let's say Hikaru, right, then is then motivated not only to go to over the board, but he's now like, if he's sponsored or anyone, anyone, like anyone in the chess community is sponsored, they're more willing to create more content. Right. And that means there's more interactions with the community, which guess what rolls back in, right? You, you reward the best of the best or people even coming up that are learning, right? There's, there's a whole nother category of, you don't have to be the best of the best to get sponsorship, to get ads, right? You could be someone learning for the first time. And there's people that are interested in that, right? Which I think is a reason that your show with John Urschel, Amateur Hour, which we'll link to in the show notes, is also wildly successful because John is there learning chess and interacting and it's and it's a comic flow. So you don't even have to be this grandmaster to be like, oh, there's people that are not only wanting to watch this, but also to 
pour some some revenue into it and it all rolls back into encouraging that content to be created so it's, it's quite interesting the whole mar- i'm not a marketer i don't quite understand how everything works but i do like when when big big companies are that that you like are also willing to to kick back yep. you know our unofficial sponsors blue bottle yeah, chess.com right. you know you find the links in the show notes below. <laughs> no, you're right. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's definitely something that's, um, forcing industries, both, both the, the, ad, you know, people who are advertising, um, whatever that, you know, from the highest levels of, of the advertisers in the world, you think of Coca-Cola, Chevrolet's and big companies to, to those who have to be a little uh, more, maybe, maybe frugal, you know, because of the the type of product they have. And they, they really want to dive into the more niche markets that they know specifically reach the demographic of their, of, of who they're trying to go after. Right. But the bottom line is that's something that um, is never going to go away because, because people have great ideas and they make amazing products and cool things to sell and eat. And then they need to get that word out. Right. So that process of the human existence until, till we all blow ourselves up. I mean, that's not going to go away. So finding a way for, for that to, you know, to be something that's appreciated based on those who really, really love and enjoy this, you know, legacy game that has been around longer than any other game is, is, is actually, I think, and I think it will happen. And I think it is, it is, we're getting closer and closer all the time. And I think, um, but you're right. I mean, I think it, it would. I loved your point about how it would really keep the top players more motivated to maybe get better, right? Um, and or continue mm-hmm. to stay at the mm-hmm. top. Or if they're not, if they're not going to continue to compete at that level, they would have more motivation to make a strategic pivot into providing content or streaming their their chess or do other things. And right now, I think they basically see it. Many of the top players in the in the world, if I could speak for them, and I will, because I know that it's like, look, <laughs> they have a window of opportunity to win as much chess money, chess prizes and get appearance fees as they can because once they're not competing at like the top 15 top 20 in the world, the the lifestyle drop is so significant for them to compete just as a player that that it's not worth it. And then for those who don't want to like or don't have a clear path if they had didn't know, you know, there wasn't a chess.com before, there wasn't an opportunity to maybe try to build an online brand with a large chess community, a larger community of chess enthusiasts who might want to, you know, enlist them or hire them for services, whether it be lessons or videos or the things, right? So it's like, it gives you more motivation to have like, um, what they call in, in sports, like a path to pro, right? Like from beginning to end and kids can be like, oh, like, this is really cool. Like I could, I could, I could see myself doing this and I, you know, you could play chess and then maybe also provide some, you know, some of your own ideas and help others after you learn how to play chess and get better at it. So it's like a healthy ecosystem, you know, and I think that chess has definitely lacked um, a healthy ecosystem that, you know, if you're saying something that hasn't has basically survived because of um, of reason of generosity, which is which is great, but also not necessarily um, a great sign for for the direction of the game in some ways. Right. And so that's that's kind of a that's kind of a, a big picture way to look at it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Oh, my goodness. There we go. We go from, you know, you know, orange cones and filling up parking spots to deep life marketing encouragement for all to get out there and create more content. And don't forget about the storage <laughs> wars conversation. Storage wars between Danny and his wife and Mots and Heather. Storage wars. Oh, my goodness. All right, buddy. Well, you enjoy Park City um, and have safe travels home. It's got to be yeah. well, like that's got to be like what an hour flight, not even. It's got to be yeah, up and down. It's like an hour, and they they say an hour and a half, like everything else. But it's like you know, it's 
it's like an hour and 15 minutes and they, you know, unless there's delays, whatever, but yeah, it's six o'clock here right now in park city. I'm an hour ahead of you. So I'm, I'll be heading to the airport in the next hour and a half, you know, basically just walk on the plane these days. So yeah, a little pre-check, little TSA pre yo, yo, say what? Um, no big deal. Prep. All right. Well, I yeah. love you. I'm really excited for you in H town and your new house. I really am. Give her, give her my best and, uh, and, uh, be awesome. I will. I'll send you some photos once we're all moved in this weekend and, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a joy. So yeah, have fun. Tell everyone I say hello and I love you too, buddy. Talk to you later. Peace.